Welcome, everybody. Man, it's so good to see you. You can be seated just for a moment. Going to do things just a little differently on this amazing Sunday. So thanks for coming to the assembly. As we get started, let me just tell you a few things that are happening. There's a lot of movement going on. One is our offices have moved. Yeah, it's very exciting. So we were downtown in the Rose District, but our offices were leased. And uh, the lease went from 50000 to 90000 And so now we get to save all that money because the offices are here. And so I want to thank all of those who worked hard getting everything from our offices there, here. And it's a great, great thing. But it's also something to keep in mind if you are coming to the offices. The church office is now here. There will be signs up eventually telling you that the back entrance, we use it for children's ministry entrance on Sunday morning. That's the entrance for the offices. You'll come in there. We have a host who will be right there, our receptionist, and can direct you to those that you need to see. So the church offices are here. We're excited about that. And our cafe is really nearing completion. It's looking so good. So we wanted that that space so there could be a lot of opportunity just to connect. And uh, coffee's just part of a great worship experience, I suppose. I suppose. I I hope you love it. It's going to be fun, and a dream team is going to be leading all that. Hey, for all of you that like softball, let's go. Softball is starting, and uh, you can see the information there. Doing it a little different this year. It's going to be a lot of fun as we go uh, two seasons but one price. So we're going to you're going to play if you've been playing. You're going to be on that same team. But then after that first season, our league leaders are going to mix it all up where you get to know more people, and it will be a lot of fun. And if you're new to our church, we have our very own park. It's called Summit Park. It's 55 acres, just about three miles from here. And we have a lot of fun. And so that is going on. Here's one that's pretty uh, amazing. Surge week is coming. We asked our children's ministry team several months ago, we said, this summer let's do something we've not done before. Let's take the very best part of going to camp, like if you're a child and you went to kids camp, and the best part of vacation Bible school, and let's merge them and offer that to our church and to our community. And if it started tomorrow, listen to this, we're already at 500 children ready to go. It's crazy. So it will be fantastic. And so a lot of people uh, in our community, they've seen this. Listen to this. 40% of the children registered don't come to our church. So it tells you it really caught the attention of the community. So we need at least 150 
of you who would join the dream team. We want it to be the best week. So follow the instructions and join the dream team and you will help us make it awesome. To these amazing students, we are finally at a time of introducing our new youth pastor. Pastor Nate and Lindsay Kelleher will be here. Uh, matter of fact, they're packed up, starting to move this way. And on Wednesday night, the 30th, it will be a summer kickoff. A lot of things planned, and the best part of the night will be to introduce them. He will be preaching his first message. You will love this couple. They're going to be a great addition to our ministry team. But I just want to tell you that I can't say enough about these students, their passion for Jesus. They have grown their ministry without a youth pastor because they love Jesus, they're focused, they're giving, they're sacrificial. And I want to tell you, I love you to heaven and back a thousand times. You are truly an inspiration to me. You're awesome. Let's show some love to our young people today. <clears throat> this is uh, truly a day where we're making history because we're going to receive an offering later in this service. And it is going to be the offering that launches our new campus in the Rose District. You've heard about this? And yesterday was the first demo day. And so you can check out some of the pictures. And Pastor Joel and several others went and they started in. This is a picture of the stage of the auditorium. We are going to mirror the experience there that we have here. So we're going to bring everything to a level of ministry excellence. And so all of that started. The offering today is what's going to resource the entire effort so that lobby, auditorium, bathrooms, children's spaces are all what we know they must be to open up the doors and be the church in that community that God has called us to be. So it is an awesome time. And as I've thought about the launch of this church, I've thought about Hebrews and the great cloud of witnesses. It's one of my favorite passages. These great leaders it, it, the writer of Hebrews says it's like they're cheering us on. I think about that every Sunday as the gospel is preached, every day as ministry happens. It's just like all of us. You know, if the Lord, if we go to heaven before the rapture and the church is still happening here on earth, we are going to want the church to be at her best. We will be cheering on our sons and daughters in the faith to lift high the name of Jesus so that the church is in its best momentum. Amen? And so I feel that today. And uh, go all the way back even to the first century church. You know, we are, we are called to ever increase. And one of the verses that I shared about this transition is that we are to enlarge the tent. That Bedouin tent of the Old Testament, it was designed for expansion. And as things grew, they could grow with it. And so they were taught, strengthen the stakes and lengthen the cords because God was 
going to expand the work. And so here we are growing again. And there's never been a person that you'll study in scripture where God was at work in their life or a movement of people where God was at work in their life where it didn't get bigger. God will never lead you in his vision for your life for things to get smaller. Your love for him grows. Your passion grows. Your servant spirit grows. Your spirit of generosity grows. Your skill set to make a difference. Everything gets bigger. Here's what Acts 1.8 says. Jerusalem, watch this, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Are you ready to expand the reach of this amazing church? We are passionate for people to come to know God, to maximize their potential by settling their yesterdays, for them to discover their purpose, and then to live to make a difference. You can even go now to cathedrals in Rome, and you walk in and you see it as it is today, but you can descend stairs and see what it was like centuries before. You can descend to a 12th century church. You can go from there to a 4th century church. You can go all the way to the caves and the catacombs that the first church would use going from point A to point B when they were being persecuted. And every century, they're now in that cloud of witnesses. Those that started this church 100 years ago, they're in that cloud of witnesses. My grandmother, who so loved Jesus and loved the church, who is now in heaven, she's on the edge of her heavenly seat today because she was all about the expansion of the local church so Jesus could reach more people. So we're surrounded. And, and we, we feel the motivation. We we feel the passion to do what God has called us to do. I want to frame this up so that you understand exactly the motivation of why we do what we do, the power of how we get it done. I want to talk about the character that it forms. And finally, the impact that it makes. I want to put those four words on the screen. The motivation of why we do what we do. The power is how we do it. The character, who we become in the process. The impact, which is an ever-increasing influence of Jesus in our community and in our world. Matter of fact, we're just before a major opportunity where most of our students are going to serve Jesus on a short-term mission trip. Students are going to Houston, another group going to LA, another group going to Austria, and another group going to Malawi. And these will be life-changing experiences that will shape their thinking, their worldview, their heart for Jesus, their heart for people. It's an ever-increasing influence. Why do we exist? We exist to serve our neighbors 
and the nations. So that's why we go to Malawi, Austria, LA, Houston. It's why we go to the Rose District because it's our neighbors and it's the nations. There is something about vision that without it, things not only get flat, they become lifeless. But there's another dynamic. Vision without generosity is a dream that never gets realized. Today, we unite our generosity with the vision so that we can launch this church in strength. We're not going to move from a place of weakness. We are going to move from a place of strength. We're believing for $400,000 in the offering today. And before today ever started, people had already been giving and we went over the $130,000 mark before today ever arrived. Come on. That's awesome. So we're going to do it. And so let me talk about these words. And if you will allow me, I'd like to do the message up front. Preach to this opportunity to worship in giving. Then I want to honor our graduates and then just sing to Jesus out of celebration. Can we do that today? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Continue with me. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Now notice what happens as we continue. Then you, here's the result, you will shine. This is the impact. You will shine among them like stars in the sky. I love that illustration. You will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. In these verses, we see the motivation. We see the power, the character that's formed, and the impact that is made. Look with me at verse 12. First word says, therefore, and what we're led to do is to work out our salvation. Therefore is like in light of everything that comes before verse 12. Because of how awesome it is leading up to this verse, the result is we will live in continual transformation. Working out our salvation is that I am motivated to Christ-likeness. So what comes before this verse that makes the motivation so incredible that I would give myself to a life of continual transformation? And I would like to show you this. This takes us back to verse 6. Let me set it up so that we really see the impact of this. If you work in an organization where you have a constitution then you have bylaws. Those bylaws were implemented by a vote. So there was a whereas, 
we are to be this kind of organization, and whereas operating in this function, we will be successful, and whereas, and it lists all of the reasons that become the motivation to say, therefore, be it resolved. So we act on that decision. But the motivation was in all of the reasoning that was framed in the whereas. Think of that as Paul writes this. Who being, speaking of Jesus, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now watch this. Therefore, God highly exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. There's one name given. The path that Buddha lays out doesn't lead to salvation, redemption, and eternal life. There is no other world religion that can save the human soul, change the trajectory of your life and purpose here, and give you the assurance of being in an eternity that is full. Only Jesus can save the heart of men and women. Only Jesus. Think how significant that is. So Paul is saying, whereas God gave us his son, and whereas Jesus came and took on the likeness of man, didn't consider it to be an issue to take on the form of a servant. Whereas he lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and whereas he rose triumphantly over sin, over death, over demons, and over the devil. Now watch verse 12, go back to it. Therefore, therefore, that's what leads up. Here's our motivation. Jesus is our motivation to work out this life of Christ likeness. Jesus is the center. Jesus is first. Jesus is everything. Jesus is the motivation to expand the ministry of this house. It's always been, and it will always be about Jesus. So Paul even said in the first chapter, for me to live is Christ. Jesus was the motivation. In chapter three, he said, I have one target. It has become my goal, and that is to press on toward that mark, the high calling in Christ Jesus. The motivation to be who we are to be, to then do what we're supposed to do, is Jesus, because it's only his name, his life, and his grace that can change the human heart. Do you realize the significance that we carry the message that can change someone to sinner to Christian, moving them from the darkness of addiction 
and twisted dysfunction to a life that is free and full and purposeful, a life that works. Thank God that we receive the truth. It has set us free, and now we are carriers of that truth. Amen? The motivation is Jesus. Now watch the power. Look at the next verse with me. Here's the power, verse 13. For it is, read the highlighted part with me, God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How does God work in you and me? That's through the Holy Spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day we celebrate the launch of the church that takes us back to Acts chapter 2. 50 days after Jesus had risen from the dead. 40 days after Jesus ascended, he said to his church, you wait in Jerusalem. They went to a room known to us as an upper room. For 10 days, they waited before God. And that room was filled with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. The church was launched. And those followers, 120 of them, came out of that experience able to do what previously they could not do. They were given the commission to go and reach their world. They were to love people even when they were persecuted. They were to passionately share the gospel even when it was difficult. Their motivation was Jesus, but the power to live out the motivation was not coming from who they were. It came from the promise of the Father. It came from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it's the very same today. We are a Pentecostal church. That does not make us better than another church. It makes us better than who we would otherwise be. The fact that I am baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It, it, this is what Chris Hodges says. It makes me better than me. See the difference? It lifts me to a self greater than myself. It lifts us as a church to a level to live in such a way that is truly supernatural in influence. Let me show you exactly what I mean. This is Paul's prayer, Ephesians chapter three. It's my favorite prayer. For this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Watch this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. What ignites the motivation is the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Inner strength. A church living out of that strength will be unstoppable. Mm. Let's keep going. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So you dream big. Now watch that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend 
with all the saints what is the width and length, depth and height. Let's keep reading. So that we would know the love of Christ. Here's the role of the Holy Spirit. We would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You move to a place where you're experiencing something and you know it's true, but it's beyond words. You're living in the depth. You're living in an experience of the love of Jesus. It says that you would be rooted in that love and then that you would know the height, the length, the depth. It goes from agricultural, rooted in the love, because what I'm rooted in is going to mean everything to who I am. Then it goes architectural. Notice it creates like a room. It has a ceiling, a height, and a width, and a depth. Tie it back to the Old Testament. The high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. He was the only one, and he could go on occasion, not every day. And in the Holy of Holies, he experienced the presence of God. When the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room, when that wind blew in, it blew out a priesthood of a few. Now every believer is lifted to the level of priests and has the, the opportunity and right to experience not only the Holy Spirit, but according to where the Lord, a double portion of the Holy Spirit and where they went into a room. What Paul is saying here, you and I walk in the spirit. It's every day. It's not on occasion. It's not in a certain place. It's not just at church. It is every day, wherever we are, we are walking in the height, the width, and the depth of the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm rooted in love. I'm walking in love. And I'm experiencing something that I cannot explain. But it is real. That's our power. That's the power to do what Jesus is calling us to do. So we're motivated. We're empowered. This church from the beginning has lived under the verse that says it's not by might. It's not by human effort. It's by the spirit. The spirit that birthed the church in the upper room, Acts 2, is birthing this new campus in the Rose District. The motivation is Jesus. The power is the Holy Spirit. Man, that's what makes it un us unstoppable. That's why you know it's going to work. Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the Lord. So let me... Let me just tell you a story that happened to me in February. Joel, I was, I was at a conference in February. And one of my favorite preachers, Denny Duran, he's one of those guys that when I was in my 20s, uh, I resonated with, with his insight and the way he communicated. just shaped me. So he's speaking uh, at this conference, and I'm talking to him before the service. And he says, I was just recently in a, you know, came into a city. He had an Uber driver. 
So he's talking to the driver. And he said, it's, it's just what I do. I love to get to know their name. And he's, this guy's name was Martin. He said, Martin, tell me what you do. And Martin says, well, I swim rivers. Now, you know, if you've ever been in a taxi or in an Uber and you talk to people and they tell you they swim rivers, you're like, yeah, I hear a lot of things in settings like this. Don't know that I've ever heard someone say, I swim rivers. He said, what do you mean? He said, like, I swam the Amazon. Like, you swam across it? No, all 264 miles. So when you're holding one of these, you can say to somebody, oh, I'm getting a text, but really you're just Googling and seeing if they're telling you the truth. You can fact check while you're holding a conversation. Man, I was a lot wiser before Google came out. I just want to tell you. Now people can fact check what I'm saying. So he's like, he pulls out, he pulls out his phone and he's like, types in the guy's name and there it comes up, book written about him, DVDs chronicling his story. And in fact, he swam the Amazon, took him 66 days. That's the river that has the most predators. Like all you got to say is anaconda. I'm not getting in. No way. And, and that's just one of the many. And there's more bacteria in that river. Matter of fact, many days he was so sick that everybody said, you shouldn't do this. And stomach cramps and fighting all kind of infection. He said, no, I've had a dream to swim the Amazon. I don't know what gets into a person like that, but he's like, and he does it. He does it. And then Denny Ron looked at me and said, Ron, how old are you? I said, I'm 52. He said he was 52 when he swam the Amazon. I live right by the Arkansas River. <laughs> and I just want you to know, I am at least looking at it more than I have before. I have no intentions of swimming it. But then Denny went on to say, and he even preached this. He said, listening to this guy's stories, I asked him, what's next? He said, well, I'm raising $27 million because I'm going to swim the world. That means ocean. And he said, I'm, going to, I'm raising $27 million for the ship that I need, for the crew that I need, for the film crew that I need, and I'm going to do it. He said, I'm training to do it. He said, I... I I drive Uber because I like people. But he says, that's what drives me is my dream. So then Pastor Jerron said, he became so convicted. If this guy would give everything and work like he is working for an earthly dream, why would we ever, as followers of Jesus, allow there to be a Holy Spirit-inspired dream that gets deferred? He said, I began to say, I have accumulated dreams in my heart, prophetic words spoken over me in the years, through the years, and they've just gotten shelved. And he said, watching this guy's motivation and passion for an earthly dream convicted me to say, God, I will be found waking up every day to go for the God-inspired dream that you have put in my heart.
That was February the 4th. I turned 52 on February 5th. And in that auditorium, I said, God, I am going to dive straight in to the river of the dream of the assembly. And we will do it. Our motivation is Jesus. Our power is the Holy Spirit. Let's go for it. Let's get this done. And so we're casting this courageous vision. That's our power. But this is where it gets so practical. I want you to see with me the character it forms. This is where it gets so interesting. I want you to see this next verse. Here's what happens. We do everything. When Jesus is the motivation, the Holy Spirit is the power. We do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now just elbow that person next to you and say, you need to pay attention to this. So, so that you look at them and say, he's talking to you. Obviously not me. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Yes, there will be miracles. Yes, there will be power gifts. But notice, the factor is a winning spirit where we're not given to a negative attitude. There are so many local churches today with accumulated dreams that have been put on the shelf. And it's not because they lack money or talent. It's because they can't get along. There's a bad spirit, a negative spirit, an unhealthy spirit. Anytime someone says, hey, let's go for it, they say, no, we can't. We, we, it, just fill up the room with all of the things you hear. The reason this church has prevailed over 100 years is because you've never put a ceiling on the Spirit-inspired dream. You've never joined the Holy Spirit with a negative spirit. It's like a Caleb spirit of the Old Testament who looked at the promised land and said, there will be challenges, but we can do this and we should do this. And in fact, the enemy, they will be bred to us. They were gonna turn adversity into the breakfast of their champion heart. Wow. So he's saying, you're going to have an opportunity to go negative, but you're not going to because you have a different spirit. You have a different motivation. You have power that allows you to live above that. Let me show you the cover of of a book. It's a fascinating book. It's called The Boys in the Boat. This is a book about nine Americans and their epic quest for the gold medal at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And these are not Ivy League guys. They didn't have the same training equipment or place. They were not young men of privilege. Matter of fact, the story chronicles how they were sons of farmers, 
and loggers, and they had everything, matter of fact, going against them to really compete in this kind of a sport. Before they would ever qualify for the Olympics, they would have to beat the best schools, and at that time, still this way, it's like the Ivy League schools that are so great at that sport. And they did it. You can even watch a video of when they won the gold medal. And here is the reason. The premise of the book as you read it is that you see the power of when people pull together. They had a unity that the other teams who had better equipment, better places to prepare, more resources to prepare, they outperformed them because they had a unity that the others did not have. Think about it. Any dream that God gives us, if it doesn't happen, it will not be because of a resource challenge. It will always come down to the kind of spirit we bring to the dream. We either say, here's the next river, and we dive in, even if it's dangerous and risky and maybe causes people to think, you know, we, we're crazy. But what great accomplishment in this world, the church being the top of the list, would be here if it wasn't for Caleb's spirit that says, see all of the challenges and we're no match in the natural, but the Holy Spirit is with us. Let's do it. No one would have bet on the 120 in the upper room to be those who were defined as turning their world upside down. They had no money. They didn't have governmental support. They had no military. What they had was the power of the Holy Spirit and unity, and they pulled together. Let's pull together and let Jesus be lifted high through the unity that is always released when people have a winning spirit. You want to know where you'll feel the strongest presence of God? Where there's the strongest unity. Because when you study the anointing of the Holy Spirit, where there's unity, that's where the, the anointing, the power gets released. So when I mentioned this several weeks ago, and there was an overwhelming response, people started giving, people started working, people started praying. A couple of weeks ago, we have the interest meeting, and 200 of you came to the interest meeting, guess what? There's no doubt this will work because there is a spirit of unity. Get ready, church. God is about to literally manifest, and it's been building this whole year, a power of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. Let's give him praise for that. I believe it. 
So with Jesus as our motivation and the Holy Spirit as our power, the result of that is we have a winning spirit. We don't argue and complain and grumble. No, we don't bring that to the vision because that will kill the dream. We have a different spirit about us. And the result is impact. Let me put that word on the screen. The result is impact. Now, how did Paul talk about it? Here it is. Then you will shine among them, among culture, like stars in the sky. Isn't that awesome? Like the light will get brighter. Isaiah said, you'll be a light to the Gentiles. Jesus said, it's like a city that's set on a hill and you can't miss it. It's like a light that shines in the darkness and it cannot be hidden. You will shine like stars among them as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Shining like stars. Pastor Joel knows that in the near future, I'll be standing here on a Sunday morning at 9 and 1045 saying, Hey, church, last night, people got saved. Families were brought into the kingdom of God. People are joining community, being discipled. And your church is thriving in the Rose District. And then the next Saturday night on that stage, we'll be saying at 9 and 1045, at your church at the South Campus, people were saved. Families were brought into the kingdom of God. People are joining community. The kingdom of God is advancing because we decided here's the next river. And we're not going to just you know, analyze, we are going for it and God's going to build his church and the devil can't stop it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As our worship team returns, I want you to think of it like this. What if our ministry and the witness of this church was a song? Would it be in the key of Jesus? If a song identified us, would it make people want to listen? You know, there are just certain songs, the way they're written, the chord progression, the notes, the structure. It grabs you, the rhythm. And you sink into that song. Some of you have songs in your history that are your favorite and you can even hear the rhythm. You can hear the sound. You can hear the song. It resonated with you. It was attractive. It grabbed your attention. If we were a song and that song was to communicate Christ. Would it cause this community to stop and listen? Even now, listen as they play.
So I went back to that keyboard and said, I love this song. Let me play for a while. Destiny, just scoot over. I feel the anointing. It would wreck this song. I'm talking about wreck it. Because I don't know how to do that. So the song would not, the key would be all messed up. Garrison would be playing. What key are you in? He's in, he's in F. I thought it was G, but, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad I didn't sing all those songs I know in G. Uh, so he's in F. I have no idea how to find that. Later, the, the team will sing and you will hear harmony. And when harmony is right, it, it brings a fullness. It'll sound like one voice, but at the same time, you hear the different parts. But because they're singing the right part, there's a completion, there's a fullness. And if one person starts singing the wrong notes, we're going to be going, ooh, ooh. Because it's not in tune any longer at that point. There's a song rising out of the house of the assembly. And when you look at what happens at night to shine, it's in the key of Jesus. When joyride happens and hundreds of precious children come who have a path to walk, for whatever reason, that's their journey. We get to play a song in the key of Jesus and create an atmosphere where they can experience fun and it's all about him. We start shaping a perspective so that it may be today one of those children is riding that bike and it reminds them of the golden ticket experience. It was the key of Jesus. As we open up this next campus, it's not in competition. It's not in a different key. It's singing harmony. It's going to be a fuller expression of all that we are to reach more people. The motivation of the Rose District is the same as the South Campus. The power's the same. The character formation is the same. The influence will be the same because the vision is the same. The values are the same. It will just mirror it's not a different church and another church. It is one church in two locations. And today, we all do our part when it comes to generosity to launch this church out of strength. As the ushers come today, many of you came prepared. If you're hearing this for the first time, we're receiving an offering. We're calling it above and beyond, above normal giving, so we can go beyond the current reach of our ministry. We want to reach farther. We want to do more. So we say we're going to go beyond. But we got to go above normal giving so we can go beyond. We believe that today 400 people would give $1,000. A few weeks back, when I launched the vision, a young man came and said, you, you have no idea how this resonates with me. 
I believe that this was a word over this church years ago. And to see it finally happening does more for me than I can say. And then he went on to say, I have no idea how me and my family will be one of the 400, but I'm telling you, I'm going to give every ounce of energy I can so that on that day, we're one of the 400. When I came in today, he pulled me aside. He said, guess what? Two jobs came in that I didn't have when I talked to you the first time. And he said, today, we're going to be one of the 400. Come on. That's awesome right there. That's awesome. Whatever you give, if it's what God has put on your heart, it's going to be honored the same as any other God-inspired gift. Let's pull together. Let's experience the power of pulling together. I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to let this song feel this. And I just want you to think about a ministry in the key of Jesus. And give believing that people are going to be reached and the church is going to advance. At the end of this offering, I want to honor all of our graduates. And you will see a role that we've gotten to play in the lives of many people in this season of their life. It'll just be another reminder of why we do what we do. And then, once we've honored them, we're going to lift our voices and we're going to worship. And at the close of the service, I'll give you the result of your giving. It'll take us a few days to get all of the mail in. Many people write checks that come in the mail. So we'll count that up and do a final. But you'll have a preliminary count before you leave here today. If you're writing a check, make it out to the assembly, the memo above and beyond. If you give online, here's the instruction. You just go to the assembly.org slash give and you will see the above and beyond place. You just go through the simple prompts, put in what you want to give, like, you know, million, five million, 10 million, whatever you want to give. You put it in right there and send it. And guess what? We'll be able to count it because we get a real-time uh, report. Why don't we just shut the server down? You know, just so many of us just shut it down. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the motivation, power, the character that's formed and the influence, impact that we make. Bless in the name that is above every name, this offering. We thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. Tristan Atkinson. Tristan is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy. This fall, he will be attending Oklahoma State University to major in marketing. Keeley Barker. Keeley is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for 11 years. She plans on pursuing a business degree through the LaMerit Scholar Program, as well as continuing freelance photography and internships in media. Natalie Dankert. Natalie is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for five years. Natalie will be attending the University of Tulsa and will be working towards a business management degree while also doing internships for music business. Noelle Dankert. 
Noelle is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for five years. She will be going to Tulsa Community College and then transferring to the University of Central Oklahoma to study chemistry. Bethany Francis. Bethany has graduated from Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for six years. She will continue working at Summit Early Learning Center while attending college to become a nurse. Daniel Giddens. Daniel is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 12 years. Daniel plans to join the Air National Guard and attend college. Josie Elizabeth Goff. Lizzie is receiving her high school diploma and has attended the assembly for 11 years. Lizzie plans to attend Tulsa Community College in the fall, ultimately pursuing a degree in ministry and leadership. After college, Lizzie plans on opening a nonprofit home for female victims of human sex trafficking. Kylie Grisso. Kylie is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for eight years. She will be working at a new leaf in Broken Arrow following graduation. Brianna Hudson. Brianna is graduating with her high school diploma from Epic Charter School and has attended the assembly since last year. She would like to major in English literature and double minor in writing, editing, and youth ministry at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Isaac Jones. Isaac is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 18 years. He plans to attend Tulsa Community College, working towards a business associate's degree. Rachel Christ. Rachel is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for five years. She plans on attending Tulsa Community College for two years and then moving on to earn her bachelor's degree in elementary education. John David Lane. John David is a graduate of Town and Country School and has attended the assembly for 18 years. He plans to attend Tulsa Community College for two years before transferring to Oral Roberts University. Tally Lynch. Tally is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and was one of three valedictorians. She has attended the assembly for six years. She plans on attending Oklahoma State University to major in accounting. Abby Mashburn. Abby is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for three years. In college, she plans to major in education. Kyle Mason. Kyle is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 13 years. Kyle plans to attend Tulsa Technology Center to focus on computer repair and network support. Tyler Ross. Tyler is a graduate of Bigsby High School and has been attending the assembly for seven years. Tyler's goal since graduating is to become a dermatologist. Caleb Sloth. Caleb is receiving his high school diploma and has attended the assembly for five years. Since graduating, he plans to go into the ministry. Elijah Smith. Elijah is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for seven years. After graduating, he plans to attend Tulsa Community College. Griffin Sutterfield. Griffin is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for 10 years. He plans to attend the University of Oklahoma and pursue a degree in secondary education. Warren Wilkerson. Warren is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for two years. He plans to attend Oklahoma State University to major in Applied Mathematics. Jennifer Aguilar. Jennifer has completed three years of ministry training through the Berean School of the Bible. She has received her Assemblies of God credentials to become a licensed minister. In the future, she plans to go into full-time ministry whenever God opens the door, and also to finish her associate's degree at Tulsa Community College, with the hopes of later transferring to Oral Roberts University, where she will obtain her Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. 
Bailey Francis. Bailey has graduated from Tulsa Community College and has attended the assembly for six years. She has received her associate's degree in applied science, majoring in fire and emergency medical services, as well as engineering and applied technology. She plans to continue volunteering as a firefighter and EMT at her current department, eventually applying to the Broken Arrow or Tulsa Fire Academy. She would like to go back to school to receive a bachelor's degree. Emma Giddens. Emma is a graduate of Oral Roberts University and has attended the assembly for 12 years. While at ORU, she majored in writing and is graduating cum laude. In the future, she plans to work as an editor and proofreader. Michael Harden. Michael Harden is a graduate of Oklahoma State University and has attended the assembly for five years. He graduates with a Bachelor of Arts in English and Professional Writing. This summer, Michael will be taking a master's course at the Publishing Institute in Denver, Colorado. Sarah Higginbotham. Sarah is a graduate of Oral Roberts University and has attended the assembly for eight years. She is graduating with her Bachelor's of Science in Engineering with a mechanical concentration. Since graduating, she is looking forward to starting her mechanical engineering career in the Tulsa area. Caleb Jones. Caleb is a graduate of Oral Roberts University and has attended the assembly for 20 years. In the future, he will continue to follow God's plan for his life and become a youth pastor. Austin Siegenthaler. Austin is a graduate from the University of Oklahoma and has attended the assembly for two years. He is graduating with a degree in communications and his future plans include going into sales. Garrison Simon. Garrison is a graduate of Oral Roberts University and has attended the assembly for 13 years. Garrison is graduating with a Bachelor's of Arts in Church Ministry and Leadership. Garrison is now serving as the worship pastor at the assembly and will be marrying his fiance Emma Giddens this June. Ladies and gentlemen, the graduating class of 2018. Love you guys. We're so proud of each of you. We're proud of who you are, what you have accomplished, and where the Lord is taking you. It's so exciting. Honored that we got to be a part of this season and excited about the next season. You go forward with Jesus as your motivation. The message I just gave, it's it's like a it's a game plan. Jesus is your motivation. The Holy Spirit is your power. The character it forms is Christ-likeness. The impact is every one of you will shine like a star in the darkness of this culture. I believe that about them. One more time, would you show your honor to our 2018 grads? Amen. Love you. God bless you. And remain standing, everybody. This is a time now where I just want us to lift our hearts and to lift our voices. To give Jesus praise for what he's done for us, for what he's doing, and what he's going to do. This is an opportunity to just lift the roof off of this place in celebration of God's grace in our lives. How many of you would say, you know, you've heard someone before say, I don't know where I'd be without the Lord. Well, I have a pretty good idea where I would be, and it's not a good place. You know what I'm saying? Apart from Jesus, we have a good idea 
of just the deep down dark that we would be in. But God, in his great love, snatched us out of such a bad place, has forgiven us, saved us, filled us, and he is using us to make a difference. I love you. I love the church you are. I love the passion with which you live. Lift your voices and let's worship the one who's worthy. Give Jesus a great praise this morning. Come on. Come on, would you put your hands together? Let's worship today. Come on, we sing heaven thunder. Heaven thunder and the world was born. Life begins and ends in the dust you fall. Come on, we sing faith. Faith commanded and the mountains move. Fear is losing ground to our hope. Come on, we sing as one voice. Kingdom reigns 
Thank you for your incredible commitment to providing salvation to every one of us. Thank you for taking on the form of a servant. Thank you for your humility. Thank you for your sinless life. All of that was you refusing to let anything keep redemption from becoming a gift made available to whosoever will. Thank you, God, that you would send not just a son, but your only son, that whoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Thank you for being the kind of God that wouldn't want anyone to perish, but that all would come to repentance. Thank you for now giving us the purpose of communicating this message in the most compelling, creative, clear way to a culture that is still searching where we know that there are so many distractions but there's no greater power than the power of your Holy Spirit to lift high who Jesus is and I pray that our life and that our church would be a song of your amazing grace that it would be in that key that causes someone to pay attention that in it is the answer they're searching for, the fulfillment that will meet the need of that vacancy in their heart, to know that you and you alone satisfy the soul, that you not only save, but you then set us on a path where it makes this life one of purpose, not just earthly or temporal, but eternal. It becomes that river that we dive into And say, I'm going to go for it regardless of the sacrifice it takes, the cost required, the risk associated. I'm going to give my my highest and my best in this one life so that one more person can see you. Help us, oh God, to shine like stars in the night. We give you praise, Lord. Let's come back to that part. There's no shadow And just consider your testimony, what Christ has done for you. Let's sing it together. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb. Let's praise Him today. Thank you, Jesus.
And thank you so much for your generosity. We are right now at $274,000. We are on our way. We're going to get there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You gave out of your heart, out of passion to see the vision realized. We'll be posting every day the update as it continues to grow. So, hey, consider this. If the Lord wants you to join one of our dream teams, like the worship team, the children's team, the small groups team, the host team, those are just some. Join, be part of the launch, and God will use you in a great way. Give him one more great praise. God bless you, everybody. Have a great afternoon. You're dismissed.